0: Today on Krina and Kirsten Get to Work, we're teaching a master's class on how to interview for that next job. That great job. That one you want. It's at the ready for you when you need it. You're ready for it, sister.
1: Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Kirsten Barron. And I'm Karina Hoyer. And we are here from the traditional lands of the Lummi Nation. Uh, Karina and I, as usual, will be talking about ease, meaning, and joy for women at work. work. Woot woot yippity yay. Seriously, we just, I just think to myself all the time, ease meaning and joy, ease meaning and joy. And we're getting us some of that today. Yeah, we are. I will tell you, I have been, before we launch into what is going to be a master class on interviewing. I'm so psyched for this. It's going to be great. And really, it's like, I was having a conversation with my friend Carrie, and she was talking about interviewing. She's like, I'm nervous. And I was like, holy, you know what? We should should, I should be able to say to her, Oh, go listen to the podcast on blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Because this should be available for people, for our listeners who are getting ready for that interview. So, yeah. so that's it. But even if you're not interviewing don't turn us off yet, because just stick I, with us. Just stick with us, especially for the first few minutes here, because I want to talk
0: <laughs> for the whole show, <laughs> especially for
1: the first few minutes, because I really want to go back to primal beliefs. Yeah, Jared Clifton Thanks, and his Jer. research team. My mind has been all akimbo, a twitter alive with that. Information that research,
0: yeah, from last episode. From last
1: episode on how our primal beliefs shape how we experience the world, and then I keep seeing other things. Like I was reading an article about, you know, what is really cellular memory—the ability of a memory or an experience to move from generation to generation in our DNA. Yeah, I was. I picked up that book, *The Body Keeps the Score*, about trauma. Right, so. And I, then I was like, how do we make sense ACEs, of this? That's and ACEs. ACEs. Yeah, we talked about those a little bit. Adverse and, childhood mm-hmm. experiences. And we specifically said in that episode, hey, we don't want to talk about trauma right now. We just want to talk about this research. But just because I I personally wasn't sure how to integrate that into what I was reading on Clifton and his team's research. And what I've realized over the last two weeks is, wait a minute. I think this is all, and maybe this is completely, maybe I'm just like master of the obvious. (laughs) Maybe that's what it is. What is is it
0: though, sister? Hit me. What
1: I've realized is I think it's, yes, it's all quote unquote true, Mm -hmm. informative, Mm -hmm. helpful at guiding our experience on this planet, yeah. in these bodies with these beings. Yeah. Like, I do think these primal beliefs are so interesting and informative and can really move us towards ease, meaning, and joy. But I also think recognizing that we may have intergenerational trauma that actually lives in our bodies, mm-hmm. hmm, let's deal with that too. Yeah. And uh, I had some adverse childhood experiences, right? Not, I mean, I think, yes. Let's deal with those. Yeah. I have this trauma event. There's so many things I th- that I think, you yeah. know what I'm saying? I,
0: are you saying we don't have to reconcile all of it? Not one of these things has to be true and only true. And
1: not one has to be, and and frankly, not only.
0: Yeah. Yes. That it's all, that all of these, this information, this emerging research, the, about who we are and how it and how we and want how to, we experience and interact in the world and with ourselves and how we want to yes is all great information I
1: I finally was just like how do I it, w- it was that effort to reconcile yeah and that's what I came up with and it may just be that that I am the master of the obvious or the mistress the <laughs> mistress of the obvious let's just reframe that language the babe Oh the, yeah. The bitch of the
0: obvious uh-huh. maybe.
1: Yeah. Um, but it all just kind of filtered in my brain, in this like beautiful sort of a way that the I just like, wanted to share. Yes. And it's, it's all, and. it's all good. Yes it's all and. true. Mm-hmm. It's
0: all good. It's all good information. Yeah. Especially if you're on the path, like I believe our listeners are, and we are to, you know, be, be our, it, ease meaning and joy. Yeah. To ease meaning and joy. Mm-hmm. Thanks for throwing that in. Yeah. I mean, I it was like, of course I couldn't think of anything there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay so thank you for indulging me i just had as i said this kind of moment of realization that i wanted to share i
0: really love that i love that the you came to the show and hit me with that right off the bat it's it is energizing to think about all of the past all of these things that are true it's cool that we just did that episode two weeks ago so that stuff is top of mind and you know it's more of the same we're just gonna mm-hmm. We're going. We are. We are also discovering ourselves and discovering this information and sharing mm-hmm. it with folks. And all of it's good. All of it's good.
1: So interesting. And as I said in that episode, hopeful. Mm. Like there's this great hope yeah. in all of this, yeah. even as we explore painful things, because there's a the hope of a different experience. Yeah. So super hopeful.
0: And now we can talk about the master
1: class in interviewing.
0: Yeah. Before we do, though, I have to say just one more thing about that episode we About on Primals (gasps) on LinkedIn, I so exciting I can't believe I forgot (laughs) this. I told Gerson this morning on LinkedIn I posted it and um, did a sort of and tagged the researcher Jer Clifton. Ed, this morning I woke up and he not only liked the post, he responded with a whatever that is like gratitude. The, the grad, with gratitude. The, the with, gratitude hands. The gratitude the emoji. Thank you hands. So I hope Jer, and then I asked to, be, to connect on LinkedIn. We'll see how that goes. But he's fancy. Jer and I are new best friends. He's my new BFF. Well, I, sorry, KB. Oh, that's, I mean, I really <laughs> sit right down with us, Jer. Jer, welcome to the show. Okay. So, yes. Let's go and dig into interviews. When you suggested this show, I was like, all right, that sounds good. And then we sat down to prep for it. And I felt like one of those cartoon characters whose mouth was just like rolling at a million miles. Like your legs are just going so fast. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like a mm-hmm. This is something, not only have I interviewed three bazillion people in my career, I've coached a fair number of individuals. Clients, friends, you know, Mm -hmm. husband Mm -hmm. in preparation for their interview. Mm -hmm. And I got a lot to say. You are going to have, what's our safe word? When I am bogarting the microphone and I won't shut up, what's the safe word to get me to stop? I do. Muskrat? I do. Muskrat. It's all I can think about is
1: Muskrat Love, that song. That's so funny. It doesn't even make any sense to me now that I say it.
0: No, just give me that look. No, I
1: just, I do think you have a tremendous amount of experience here, which is great. Which is, you do. You've interviewed a bazillion people. You've coached a bunch of people. You know, I've done I've had a fair amount of interviews myself, like been interviewed. Yeah. So I probably have more experience on the other side. Yeah. Right. Yes. But I think it's going to be it's going to be a. I think all of that is going to lead us to a good result here. I
0: think so, too, especially because, listener, again, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful you're still with us. There's so many obvious things. We'll run through those super quickly. I'm excited to talk about the lessons that we've both learned from both sides of that, the interview table. So that our, um, that's why we're calling it a master's class. Cause this is, this is far beyond what you're going to get when you do a Google search.
1: Yeah. Although we're going to mention those things because this is a prep for an interview. Yeah, exactly. How to,
0: how to, so, um, Assuming you get the interview first, which is a big leap, I read some somewhere that people get. What? Oh, you! It was in our notes. You yeah. cited it. Yes. You, you, most people don't get it. You have to submit ten applications on average before you get an interview. So if you get the interview, right on, good for you. That's huge. Mm-hmm. But most people. Have to submit, as
1: Karina said, ten applications, and about a little more than half of those fifty-two percent get one or two interviews. Yeah. So you may submit ten applications and not get any interviews. Mm-hmm. So that is good just to contextualize your experience. Yeah. If you're getting more, you're killing it. Yeah. And if you're if you submitted ten. Resumes and you haven't gotten an interview yet, well, you're with 42% of the people, so don't feel alone. Don't beat yourself up, So, Do not beat it's yourself cu- up. It will, yeah. it will
0: be there. One of the reasons you might not be getting interviewed is because you're not paying particular attention to the details of your application package.
1: This is a really interesting data point. 77% of recruiters see grammatical mistakes and typos as deal breakers. Yeah. Now, I really thought that was confined to the law. Like, in my experience, like, We've talked about the need for perfection in the law all the time. And if you make mistakes in letters, typos, misspellings, it makes you look careless. And if you're careless, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. And lawyers cannot be careless because yada, all the reasons, right? I thought this was defined, confined, sorry, confined to the legal world. Turns out it's not. No. Like, have somebody read your stuff to make sure you don't have any typos. Yeah no grammatical errors, that everything is, you know, neat and tidy and correct.
0: Yeah. 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 And then hopefully, um, that will be one of the many ways that you, that plus your fabulous experience and your amazing, um, person gets you in the door and then it's, and then you will be getting the interview. Mm -hmm. I know when people get a call to interview, a call to be interviewed, you frequently only have a couple of days.
1: It can be very short to get
0: ready. Yes. So if this is, if you're applying for a job you really want, don't wait to get asked to do the, don't wait to get the interview scheduled before you start doing some of your prep, some of that basic stuff, like the researching the And some
1: of that basic stuff can help you write your cover letters. So it's more, you know, um, targeted towards that employer. So there's all kinds of opportunities when you do your research early and yeah, you make it only a couple of days notice And it's probably going to be video conference.
0: Yes, that was the other interesting thing.
1: 90% of interviews are now
0: video conference. Isn't that wild? Wild. And I think that's the worst thing in the world. I do too. I cannot imagine. And yet here we are. And here we are. And here's the last little piece of data, which is scary.
1: People form their first impression within the first seven seconds.
0: Yeah. So
1: if that does not feel like pressure, Hey, you got seven seconds to get this job. (laughs) And I don't think that we're saying that, or that's the case or anything like that, but it's just an interesting filter to look through this process. And
0: I would say along those lines that people do remember how you make them feel far more than what you say. In fact, I tell this to my clients a lot, especially like I, and I know When I'm doing my own public speaking, for instance, or or interacting with people, I'm so concerned about how I'm making the other people feel because I know this. Mm -hmm. I know this. It's like, yeah, what I say is okay, It's fine. But you're going to love me because I make you feel And that's what we want. I mean,
1: most of the time we want people's experience of us to be good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I will say in my line of work as a lawyer, there's times that I don't want people to feel good. Yeah. Right. I am intentionally not making them feel good in order to achieve a certain goal. Right. Yeah. yeah. And most of the time, because they should feel bad about what they've done. Yes. Shame on them.
0: Shame. Oh, <laughs> my God. That. I
1: can't believe how that just popped out. That's good information for me. <laughs> OK, back to interviewing. Yeah. Let's start, Krina. Why don't you go through like some of the things we're quickly going to cite and talk about before we get into master class level about the prep part. I okay. Mean, this before is where you get
0: in the door. This is from interview One Hundred One.
1: before you turn on your camera. Yeah, Let's exactly. Let's just say it the right way.
0: Let's just make sure you check all these boxes that you've reviewed the job description, that you've reviewed your material. So you n- remember what you said, um, that you've researched the business and the industry and you've stalked, you know, people who work there on LinkedIn and you've looked for connections within your own networks so that you're really are prepared to speak specifically to the work and the workplace that you're being interviewed about.
1: There's two things that you reference that I want to call out, which is you talked about making connections with the company. Yeah. And referred candidates are five times more likely to be hired. Yes. Than those who are not. Yes. Now, there's part of this that makes me uncomfortable because uh-huh. that's how we kind of perpetuate racism and structural racism because, our relationships get us jobs. Yep. Who are your relationships likely to be with? Other people that are white, right? Yep. Yeah. And so, the so that piece of it makes. I just want to call that out because I think that kind of perpetuates um, a lack of equality yeah. and inclusion yeah. and belonging and yeah. all of those things. But it, that is the data. That if you have some kind of a connection or some kind of a relationship, so if you can find that, you're much more likely to be hired.
0: Yeah. So, yes. And if you can find that and pump that person for information before your interview, then you can speak to specifics of the work or the workplace much more knowledgeably. Mm -hmm. I think, though... um, When I'm talking when I've talked to clients about getting ready for interviews, there's a couple of pitfalls, though, that I would love to just take us beyond the basics, if you don't mind.
1: No, I think that's great. And I just I think those basics are super important. They Mm -hmm. make tons of sense. Mm -hmm. But I I love these next few things because I think they just I mean, they really prepare people to show up as their full selves.
0: Yeah. So, okay, cool, cool. One experience I had that I think illustrates this next tip is I was, I was actually prepping this guy, Ben, for a job that he was doing or he was interviewing for. And, um, I knew his work history. And so he and I were doing a video practice and so you're asking him questions, I'm asking him questions, peppering him one question after the other, after the other. And, In almost every interview I've been, somebody's going to ask you, tell me a time when, Mm -hmm. give me an example of... The way that people interview now is by asking for asking for stories and anecdotes that illustrate whatever it is. So you have to be ready for you have to be ready to tell your stories. And I was prepping Ben and I kept asking him those kinds of questions. And I realized he was defaulting to the same workplace Every single time and I asked you knew him this question, because you
1: knew his workplaces, you're yeah. like, Wait a minute, he's only talking about this one workplace, yeah.
0: Or he would decide, Oh, yeah, okay, well, again, I'm going to talk about when I did blah 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 at this and such workplace. And what I realized in that moment is this is such a common occurrence your brain in an interview starts to short circuit because it's a high stress situation, and and you have to and all of a sudden you can't even remember where you used to work all you get into is this weird rut where you're talking about one example over and over and your brain just over keeps going again. there
1: yes so because an interview is a stressful situation, exactly. even if you're enjoying it and you're comfortable, there still is like you need to be ready to answer questions. And so when we're in stress, we know that our brain does some crazy things sometimes. And yeah. so defaulting to the same workplace makes total sense.
0: Yes. And so what I try to get people to do in advance is to is a couple of things. One, come up with r- literally write down and practice talking about. Several different examples from several different workplaces that illustrate the points you want to make about yourself. Examples of when you solved a complex problem. Examples of when you were part of a team and that team succeeded. Examples of when you failed and what you learned from it, right? Those are common questions. And, and write down the workplace and the experience that you had so you're ready with those examples. And it's not all the same stuff over and over again and one other way to prime your brain to be ready to talk about your work from a variety of different angles is this other exercise that i ask people to do and i it's it's this active verb exercise so i ask people to just write down a list of all of the active verbs that they can think about coordinated led facilitated participated um engaged in, wrote, developed, mm-hmm. right?
1: All of the workplace, active all of the verbs. workplace
0: active verbs. And then look at that list and circle your top five or 10
1: and write that, that the person thinks that they are particularly good at, or they have a great story about. Yes. Okay. Yes.
0: Cause those words will also, if you have them on your piece of paper during the interview, they're going to spur sentences that get you rolling when you're answering the question. So, do
1: you suggest that people bring that list to the Absolutely. interview? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, Especially interesting. Especially
0: if it's video, because right, nobody knows what can, they what's can't in, see. Yeah, yeah, they can't see. Yeah. Although you can have, but but nonetheless, I think having that list in front of you, nobody knows what you're looking at. It could be the questions that you've prepared mm-hmm. to ask at the end of the interview. I would say yes. Bring, bring your list, bring your active verb list and bring your list of examples.
1: What I love about that is it's like, let's think of these five examples and what I want to say about me, my work experience and my abilities, but yes. I'm also going to like prime my brain mm-hmm. by going through this exercise of all the things. So I'm kind of ready for the broader scope of questions. Yes, Okay. Yes.
0: yeah, absolutely. And when
1: you, let me ask this question, like when you do that, um, like that, you know, five things, stories you want to talk about, what kinds of questions should you be looking for? Like, what are you trying to answer? Five excerpts, five examples of what?
0: Um, honestly, I would say, look at the job description and pick out the responsibilities that are listed. Pick pick out five Mm -hmm. responsibilities that are listed in the job description and then come up with examples of, experiences you've had doing that very job.
1: It's interesting because what I love about what you just said is you went back to the job description and to what the employer wants. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you. My brain went to preparing for kind of that list of classic questions, Mm -hmm. which I do want to touch on. But I love that you went back to the job description because I think that really illustrates what makes a successful interview, which is that you are responding to their needs, that job description as, and how it relates to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As
1: opposed to some random set of things that you want to get across in the interview.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And it's a
1: really, really good reminder, Karina.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah. I like that a lot. But there are some classic questions that we should be ready to answer. And you can Google search this a million different ways. In fact, depending on you can get so specific with preparing for common questions. You can Google top 10 interview questions for, and then fill in the job you're doing. Engineering. And they, chemist, will, they will absolutely pop admin up. Admin aid. Yeah. But there are some... Staff j- accounts Exactly. I did it. It's amazing. And they're just like right there. They're, there they are. Be ready to answer those. And also some other ones like... Why should we hire you? Why are you perfect for this job? What made you want to apply for this job? Tell us a little bit about yourself. And the my favorite, what's your biggest weakness? When did you fail and what did
1: you do about it? Yeah. What do you do when you make a mistake? Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things. But also, I'm going to just say, too, there's like sometimes the oddball question, <laughs> the really weird question, Um my friend Carrie told me about her nephew, Glenn, who was asked by an interviewer, How would you make, tell, describe how you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Right. And the guy, the kid is like, I mean, he's a man, he's a man, but he was like, mm, he's like, I don't know. I asked I, my wife to do it. No, that's such a, oh my, can you imagine? Oh my God. Oh, that just God. got my blood pressure going and my anxiety amped up. <laughs> as soon as you said, I was like a spike in anxiety. Maybe won't get the job with that answer. Or like another interesting one that you told me about Yeah. what you asked this question. Yeah. What would you bake to bring to our first <laughs> staff meeting? I loved that. What a
0: fun question. Well, you know why I ask, every once in you know, a while I ask, ask an them? oddball question like that. I think that peanut jelly sandwich, it was an engineering job, wasn't it? I think they were looking... I think it
1: was a coding job, which I look, get is about process. Yeah,
0: Process and detail. I just like to lighten the mood and see somebody respond to something that's like there's really no wrong answer you're not being really judged on this it's more of a like can you hit me with your best shot mm-hmm. like i'm trying to lighten the mood a little bit honestly and also
1: to allow somebody like their personality to come out yeah as in, in just in an open way as opposed to a, a filter a response like you have to tell me about you in context of this yeah
0: yeah right just yeah yeah it's, it's a wider question um Also, though, when speaking of questions, here's the other. Here's another one: Make sure you answer the question in interview. I know this is not. I know this is a master's class, and that should be obvious at this point. But I will tell you, I, I statistically, I have no idea, but I just like to throw numbers around and act like I'm, you know, an authority on this. I'm going to say 95% of the people I've interviewed fail to actually answer the question.
1: Or else they take you on a journey. Which I have no tolerance for. That you then have to follow. Yeah. Which feels like that cartoon family circle where you watch the kid. Yeah. They supposed to go next door and get an apple and he goes like yeah. to the dog house and yeah. over to the neighbor's yard. You just meander all around yeah. before you actually get to the point
0: and painful. It's, pain it's painful. It's painful. And I'm sitting there. I've listened. You're the fifth person I've interviewed and I just want you to answer the question. And how do you do that when your brain is In fight or flight or flee mode and you have no executive function left, you write down the question because we don't have I don't care the point of the question. I don't care if it takes you a minute or two to think about your answer. In fact, I would prefer a thoughtful answer that takes 30 seconds to prep.
1: Especially a, if you're like, so as you write down the elements of the question, yeah, right? You are writing that down. So you're able to think as you write, yep. finish that up and then look up and give your answer. Yes. So in the writing too,
0: yeah. you get to process. Yes. It gives you a minute. Also take a drink of water. That also gives you a minute to process. That's one of my favorite things in the world. Let me just, I'm going to take a sip and I'm going to think about my answer. And I'm going to set it down and I'm going to talk, but whatever you do, answer the question, answer the question, answer the question. And this is even more important if you're interviewing for like a government job, there's actually a list of things that the interviewers need to hear you say in a government interview in order for you to move to the next round.
1: So it's super important to answer the question because that's what they're looking for. They cannot
0: infer anything. You have to answer with specificity. And I think that's really hard for people in general. But in, in again, in that interview situation, we're freaked out. So take the time, take the great pains. And in order to do that, in order to do that, well, you have to practice answering questions, which is another one of my tips this is where, are you are going to say muskrat?
1: No, Am I I'm talking not going to say, no, no, we're good. We're no muskrat love.
0: Okay. This is it. And I'm going to just like back up here and, um, forget, but please, when you're practicing with your friends and somebody says, okay, what's your biggest weakness? And then you say, Oh, I'll probably talk about, you know, how I'm my commit. I'm, I commit, I commit too much to my job or something. Right. Cause we all come up with one of those. That's really not a weakness. And don't, Just say, oh, I'll probably talk about practice saying the words and answering the question as though you're actually actually answering it. it. When you start hearing your voice Mm -hmm. saying the answer to the question, it is so different than like, oh, I'll probably talk about blah, blah, blah.
1: Don't you, were you just oh, telling? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I say out loud the actual thing I want to say. And then I realize, well, that sounds stupid. Or <laughs> I totally forgot about that. And then when, I ha- when I'm when i asked the question or something, a version of the question, I'm ready. Yeah. Right. I feel so much more
0: ready. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you and I just recently did that presentation to the Wacom Bar Association. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had to tell an intro I knew I wasn't responsible for the intro. And so in the car on the way to the thing, I said my story out loud two or three times in the car before I got there. I do the same thing. And then... I, I know I sat in your office and I said it again. Right. And then you were like, do I need to kind of just say this? I'm like, no, no, say it. This say is it. super interesting. I actually want to hear it. I, which was actually for once, Krina.
1: But no, I meant like I know. am engaged. Like I don't want to wait to listen to it. I really want to hear it now. It's super good.
0: <laughs> but I had to hear myself say it three mm-hmm. or four times so I could say it on the spot. And so it could sound spontaneous.
1: But that practicing answering questions. Oh. It's so good. It's so, it's so so good. good. And I, I, think here's the thing: you could use your first ten interviews to practice answering questions, right? You can do that. Yeah. Less likely you'll get any of those yes. jobs. Yeah. But you can do that. Yeah. Right. But probably better to sit down with somebody that is a mentor or somebody you trust or who you think is good at this, and just do that. And if you can't find that person, just find anybody. Yes.
0: Yeah, I actually sat around. Look in
1: the mirror for crying out loud I know. and say
0: it to yourself. I sat around a campfire and everybody around the campfire peppered somebody with interview questions for about 10 minutes. Just, yeah, let's normalize doing that for oh, sure. Oh, that's a great, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. And it was just like, soup. of course,
1: something you would do. There's a fire, it's outside and you're prepping people for interviews.
0: I'm like, all right, people, we got business to do. We need to get this person this job. We need to be productive job. here. We need to make some, uh, something happen here. But, okay, so all of this is now getting you prepped up and ready to go. Uh, And hopefully minimizing your anxiety and your concern so that on the day And maybe even
1: creating some excitement about the opportunity. Yeah. Who will you get to meet? Who will you get to talk to? Yeah. What will you get to say about yourself? You're going to get some more information about this job
0: because you get to decide too. Yes. Which is also really a great point, Kirsten. You're interviewing them. Yes. In fact... I can tell you every job I've ever gotten, I didn't really want. And I just went into the interview as an experience. (laughs) And then, and then I was so casual and calm that I of course interviewed really well and was offered the job and because through the interview process, I learned more about the place and I you related got to, a place to the where people, you could decide. I was psyched. Yeah. Isn't that wild? It's wild. It's cool. I know. It's cool. Okay. So during the interview, this is where you have a, so much experience being on the other side of the table. Mm-hmm. So what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you got during the interview? In, in addition to the things I can't stop talking about. I,
1: I do think that answer the question is like so critical. We can say that like 10 more times, yes. answer the stinking question. Um, so there's all of the usual things, right? Like be comfortable, right? Just be comfortable with yourself, with the clothes that you're wearing, like be comfortable, not comfy and cozy. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that. We're not talking about, you know, hot tea and a blanket and a book. We're just talking <laughs> about just not being distracted by something happening with you physically. Yeah. Yeah. Whether that's like whatever it is, clothes, whatever. Um, so I really feel I have been in interviews when I have been nervous mm. and I was like, and I also have been gone to court when I'm nervous and I've looked at those that those nerves as just being a reflection of caring. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this just means I care. I'm sure somebody told me that early in my career, but I can kind of hear it. Like somebody told me this early in my career, and I was like, that is exactly right. I am nervous because I care about the outcome of this, mm-hmm. and so I think it's okay to be nervous, but and just to accept. That you're nervous Mm -hmm. and not try and like hide it or call attention to it. Just let it go. Yeah. Right. It's just an experience. And in every case, I have found that once I opened my mouth, the nervousness was over. Because
0: you were prepared.
1: I was prepared. Right. I was prepared. And then also, I was then engaged. I could start thinking about something else. Mm-hmm. And so there was a shift. So just because I've been nervous before, or maybe even a little bit still nervous as I start to answer questions, it does tend to evaporate. But if it doesn't, that's okay too. Yeah, that's okay too. It's okay. I mean, I think that anybody who judges you and thinks you're, a, not competent or whatever, because you're nervous, you don't want to work for them.
0: Yeah, exactly. But I also think that nerves are, I have said and had people say, oh my gosh, I'm just nervous right now. And it just like, it it just like zaps it out of the room then. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, that's fine. Um, it, you know, it's okay. If Maybe you only say it one time. Yeah. Don't, don't yeah.
1: like say it four times or five times.
0: Yeah. While you're wringing your hands right. and sweating through right. your jacket. Yeah. Don't forget panty liners in the armpits of the suit jacket. Oh if my gosh. We're back to if that. you sweat a lot. Sorry. We're back to that. Okay. But also if you can get over the nerves or you've used your nerves to your advantage to bring a little humor and levity to the interview, that's also really good. Folks don't realize, but statistically, I think it's like in a hundred percent of cases, if somebody is forced to choose between two candidates, equally qualified, equally qualified interviewed equally well, they will choose the person who was, who displayed humor. Who's funny. Who's funny.
1: I mean, who doesn't want to work with people who are funny? No, it's so great.
0: In fact, we have a couple of episodes I just want to throw back to you while we're thinking about this. One, go listen. If you're prepping for an interview, go listen to what your body says to you. Oh,
1: I love what your body says to you. Because it's all
0: about like how to prep and override some of those systems with doing some you know, power poses and smiling, et cetera. Changes your brain. Also... Humor. Or you need to have fun at work. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good information about humor in there, and I can't remember what the third one was because my brain. You're you, gonna come back. I told to it. you I'm working with a quarter of a brain these days. <laughs> Between the two of us, we have one complete brain, but I'm not bringing and it waffles back and forth. Like today, you're no. I think you're more
1: today because you're so on this interview thing.
0: I think I'm on default, but th- okay. You know, I'm just, and also we're gonna listen to this later and go, Krina. What in the hell were you talking about 90% of the time? this is all
1: really good stuff. This is really, okay. So here's my big thing too, which is honesty. Like be honest and be authentic. There's a stat out there that says that 40% of people do not tell the truth either in their resumes or their interviews. And so I just think like, just be authentic because then when you don't tell the truth or say the thing, then you just seem weird. Yeah people people get a, they get a vibe yeah, right so yeah. it's really important to be honest and an honest answer may hmm, i don't know or i have never thought about that just give me a minute to think about that yeah i mean hopefully you won't say that about the job right, right? when they ask you about can you do this in the <laughs> job your answer is not hmm, i haven't thought about that let me yeah, take give a minute. me a minute but, but if they ask you like about something like you know this is one of my questions that i hate what where do you see yourself in 10 years
0: mm-hmm.
1: like i have never had a 10 year plan. Mm -hmm. And I have always said that. I've always said, you know, I, I don't really think about 10 years out. That's just not who I am in the world. I can tell you in the next year, maybe three, but I, I don't think that way. And I've never pretended to an interviewer that I do.
0: Uh, Oh yeah.
1: And so if you don't, if you need someone who thinks 10 years out, I'm not your gal.
0: (laughs) Okay. I love it. Um, and that's really like tell the truth, tell the truth, tell the truth. However, men apply for jobs when they have seventy percent of the qualifications, and women apply for jobs when we have like ninety-seven percent of yeah. the qualifications. Mm-hmm. And so, I think tell. I think getting comfortable in situations, applying for jobs and interviewing for jobs where you may not have a hundred percent. You may not. You may be telling the truth when somebody asks a question give me an example of your experience with this or your competency around this area, you could very well say that's going to be a growth area for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm really excited to to learn learn about that. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I'm really excited to learn about that. That's a great opportunity for me.
0: Yes. And so,
1: and one that I recognize I'll need to focus on. Yes. But I feel like my competencies here will give me enough of a of a baseline or a foundation that I feel really confident about this lift. exactly.
0: and I expect this to be the kind of workplace that lifts its workers up and trains them and well, ensures that they you, have the at set. at least
1: you think that in your brain.
0: no, I'm gonna right? say this. and also what I understand is that uh, according to Gallup, one of the top uh, skill sets that inter- that people are looking for is complex problem solving and I'm ready to do that or whatever like pivot to something. But, Mm -hmm. you know, again, you don't have to be, you don't have to know everything.
1: And and this is like, it's a weird thing because an interview in some ways is a test. Yeah. But in other ways, it's not a test. It's just about you presenting who you are. Yes. To the very best. Yes. Right. So it's like if you don't know the answer or you don't have the thing, that doesn't necessarily mean you fail. Right. If you're able to present the rest of your full and fabulous self.
0: Exactly. Because you're lovely. Yes. You're absolutely lovely and you're going to and you're a rock star regardless of whether or not you've. Got experience with that one specific thing. I think there are some really interesting, tricky things, though, that people have to address in interviews. And think if you have one of those things in your life, thinking about how you're, what you're going to say about mm-hmm. it, we're, we're going to ask. You know, we're going to ask you if you've. Um, only
1: had one job in the last fifteen years, and it's been the very same job. That there are lots of good things about that, yep. and there are some questions about that.
0: Yep, be ready to talk about it. Or if you've had ten jobs in ten years, we call you a job hopper, and we're gonna want to know why this. We're gonna want to know why this job is going to be different because it costs a lot of money to train you up and Apparently, get you ready to
1: go. It just I read when we were doing the research for this that it costs almost five thousand dollars to hire every worker. That's not all of the other transition costs, but just actually $5,000 to get a resume, review the resumes, do the interviews and hire the worker. I believe it. Yeah,
0: I believe it. And by the time you replace anyway. Yeah. So Tell me why it's worth my investing in you if you've if you're a job hopper. Be ready to answer that question.
1: If you're overqualified, uh-huh. be ready to explain why you want this job, why is it important to you. So in my world, mm. there's a lot of like criminal conviction.
0: Mm. If
1: you have a criminal conviction on your record, in many states they cannot ask you about that until you have a job offer. Yeah. So understand what is what is the law in your state Mm. and like in and and then say and, and if you get asked about it specifically the worst thing i think you can do is lie yeah so i personally believe the best thing to do is to when asked do not volunteer it when asked say yes i was convicted of a dui Ten years ago, and mm-hmm. be ready to say I've done a lot of work since then, and I feel I've you know whatever it is, yeah. right? Yeah. Um. Be able to explain it. How have you managed it? Like, I had one employer coming with somebody who had a DV incident like ten years before, still married DV to DV domestic, domestic violence domestic violence. Sorry, still married to the same spouse who went through this whole thing about counseling and da da da, and so the employer felt almost that I think the em- employer felt better about their ability to navigate yep. what was a terrible thing into yep. something really good. Yep. So if you've got something like that in your resume, really think through that and probably work through with somebody else how best to represent that if you're asked.
0: Yeah. I had a similar situation. Someone was being hired for an accountant job and we were about, we offered them the job and then we ran a credit history and realized that they had, I can't remember if it was declared bankruptcy or had a tremendous amount of debt that they were paying off. And we found out that they had had Uh, problem with gambling and alcohol, but that was a long time ago and Mm -hmm. it's over and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Again, being ready to kind of answer because, yeah.
1: And if you know they're going to do a background check and you know they're going to find it, then you need to volunteer it. I think Uh that's my belief. Yeah. That is my belief. If they say, well, we're going to do a background check. Is there anything you want to know? Or if you see in the job description, yeah. Running a background check, say, I want to tell you before we leave this interview that you're going to find this and I want to tell you about it. Uh
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, other tricky things. I don't know if you were fired from your last job, if you have have had negative experiences at work. Oh, that's an interesting Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. In fact, do you want to talk about how what an asshole your prior employer is? Probably not. Yeah, it's not yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Is even if they were because they probably were. It, but you just let's not do not lean into the negativity during the interview. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants that. Um, but but yeah, like I said, like you said, just being being honest, but being ready to address tricky things in your in, particular history.
1: Yeah, right. Be ready, and that's part of the prep part. I think like. I really do believe that 80% of this is in the prep and 20% is on the day. Oh yeah. I really do. Oh yeah. And before we leave this, is there any other tricky area you want to talk about? Because I want to pop into the panel versus the individual. No. Yeah. Go ahead. Go for it. So this comes up more in my world, I think, but I've always been interviewed in a panel situation. I've Mm -hmm. only had a couple of situations where I've ever been interviewed by an individual Mm -hmm. and I think that a panel feels more intimidating Mm -hmm. in some ways, but I think that we should look at it as a positive.
0: I think so too.
1: Because there's more people that can hear who you are and interpret and filter who you are. So there's no like one interview with whom you have bad chemistry and doesn't understand what you're saying or you do something that irritates them. Yeah. Right. It also shows in a a panel interview that there are more people who are decision makers at the table, Mm -hmm. right? Who have some vote in this, yes. right? So there's more people that you can convince how great you are. Yeah. And you had a really, we were talking about this and you had a really great suggestion, which I've I also do, but differently than you do, you do something else I think is better. I've always written down the names of the interviewers sure, and I often know them before I go, but you put it on your paper in chart form.
0: Yeah. So, and this, thankfully, one of the good things about being on a video conference is people's names are right in front of them, right? You see the name associated Mm -hmm. with the um, face on the screen, but if I'm around a table, even not just in an interview, like in any case, when I sit down with a table full of people and we go around and introduce, I actually do a quick drawing of the room or of the table and put people's names I love that in the seats as they are associated with me. The person to my left is Mike. That person over there is, you know, Kirsten and Karen and blah, blah, blah. And so when I, I can, I can, yeah, quickly and easily refer to them. And by name.
1: And when I answer questions in a panel, I typically look first at the person who asked the question.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I make eye contact with other people in on the panel. Yeah. And then I go back to... The person who asked the question only relevant if you're in a real room. Yeah. Right. Hard to do on zoom. Yeah. But I just, that's what was, that was my approach when I was doing panel interviewers, interviews.
0: I I like that too. And eye contact is really important. I have a tendency to think by looking kind of off to the side and then I get distracted by the like, whatever, pretty picture or the picture hung crooked, which drives me batty. Little OCD. Um, yeah. And then, but I have to remind myself sometimes to go do that eye contact everybody.
1: Okay. So after the interview, don't forget, these are the quick ones. Um, write the thank you note, send do it, send the thank it. you note. And then the thank you email, whatever it is, I prefer a note, but the email's fine too. And don't expect the job offer immediately. It's Most okay, things yeah. take like several weeks, maybe a month, yeah. whatever it takes. Yeah. Now, I want before we leave, Krina, for you to talk about the things that you think people should not ask at the interview. Like we say, hey, prep to have some questions to ask at the interview. Research the company, yeah. come with your own questions. Da, yeah. da, da, da. Yeah. What questions do you think? We, and this is a time where you get to interview them as well. Yeah. Right? So think about that. But
0: what questions would you suggest not asking? I would say, I think any question about the job itself and the responsibilities of the job, workplace, culture, et cetera, are all fair game. Mm -hmm. But I but if you think you're going to get an offer, I don't want you talking about the particulars of the pay, the vacation, the bonuses, the salary, the PTO, any of that, not because it makes you seem like a money hungry, you know, grubber. Although it could, but I want you to save that stuff for negotiation. And which is also one of our episodes about how to get what you mm-hmm. want and how to negotiate. And a lot of people don't realize that with the exception of a few things like um, health benefits that were mandated to provide to people in a plan equally regardless uh, so many things are negotiable including how much vacation time or PTO that you get, including what your compensation is or what your bonus structure might be, or what your even your work hours are. A lot of that stuff is up for negotiation when they offer you the job. And so I think about it as relevancy. Yeah. So
1: what's really relevant to taking the next step? Yeah, yeah. What's relevant to you taking the next step with this company, right? And so just asking the questions that you would get to if you got an offer, right? Yeah. I think leave those there.
0: Yeah. Right. Yes. Leave those there. You can, though, ask to see their um, uh, manual, their personnel manual. Yeah, that's a great idea. Which also signals to you their values, if it's punitive and all about don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, maybe that's not a place you want to work there anyway. And it'll ask, answer some of those questions you might have about the particulars. And asking in a way
1: that says, is this an appropriate time for you to share your employee manual? Yeah. Because a lot, some employers view that as proprietary.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: a- asking the question, is this a time for you to share your manual? Because I'd be very interested to see your manual and how it reflects yeah. your HR policies. Yeah. 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 Right. That's a great question to ask, yeah. but it is a question that not, I mean, it is something that not everybody will be willing to give you. Yeah, I hear
0: that. Mm-hmm. Okay. A few other quickies at the end of your interview, after it's all over, um, be ready for a second, you know, that a second mm-hmm. interview is a, is common. Um, ha, be ready for, give us an example of, um, writing, ex, writing examples, come do this presentation, be you ready know, for the random call, be ready for the random call. because
1: Every once in a while. You will get a call from an employer in the middle of making dinner. Yep. And they will want to know, oh, we don't have your writing sample, or, oh, we didn't ask you this question. Or oh, can you tell us about this? Yep. So just be ready for the unexpected.
0: Yep. Right? Yeah, exactly. And hopefully, hopefully you will have nailed it. And Oh, they're gonna nail it. Oh, you're nailing it. And then you be ready to negotiate. Cause that is, I mean, honest to God, that is one of I want everyone out there to tr- to just practice. Even if you don't get any of them, you tell your employer, I'm one tough cookie and I am going to negotiate <laughs> the hell out of this. Um, yeah. So th- there you go. Now you get your master's degree in interviewing. And
1: yeah, just it's such an exciting thing to interview for a new job to meet new people to have a new opportunity and yeah get out there and get it
0: yeah and or give me a ring and get yeah, uh, creative question yeah. and i will prep you like mm-hmm. nobody's business there um, you go all right friend this was a good one it was it's a how-to it's a how-to it's a how-to oh two oh master class yes yeah exactly all right cool see you in two weeks take care hasta la pasta bye bye Krina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Krina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork@gmail.com. Thanks, Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>